You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. All right. You, uh, this is going to be a complete... Um, you want it to all be a surprise to you? Yeah. Uh, so I'm disappointed you didn't swear there because I already started the tape. Oh, no. No. This is... Uh, I can't even tell you what I've got in this bag. <laughs> We've been doing, you know, we've been doing pretty good this year. So, like, the, the past few years, like, full disclosure, like, I've been more than happy to, and, and we're thrilled to make our, our annual donation to Brian Schmidt at Vineland uh, for his effort in Haiti, because he's doing a lot of really good work there. Um, but we've always made it a little arbitrary. We've just been like, ah, we've sworn X amount of time. Uh, this year, we decided to quantify it, and I've actually created a spreadsheet where we can keep track of um, who has said what. In, in terms of actual swearing, you've sworn twice as much as I have. Really? I would not have thought that. F- that. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, okay. Although I was pretty good when I was younger. I have friends who would tell you that I was like, like the king of swear words. I, I, I do find it impressive when some people can, uh, can swear and weave it in the language like... Uh, you know, like a tapestry of artwork. So you've sworn $5. I, I, can, I can do it. I just don't, I just choose not to because, or we have actually, I think somebody said to us, we guys, you swear too much. So it was Brian who said that. That's why we started the swear jar. That's why he's getting the money. And that's why he likes us to swear. Actually, he now, he now promotes <laughs> us to swear. So, that's- uh, so what I've done this year is I've actually created a spreadsheet to keep track of how much swearing, um, the fact that we added the C word, you know, my favorite grape variety since I basically hijacked the podcast last year. I'm not allowed to say it anymore. Carmen, yeah? Shut up, Michael. Capso. No, shut up, Michael. Uh, but I've said that word in all Jolo. It must have been Chilia Jolo. I've, I've, I've sworn $2.65 worth and you've sworn $5 worth. And what we've done is for the D word and the GD word, it's 25 cents. For the S word that you already said in this podcast is 50 cents. The F word is a dollar. Uh, MF. Oh, I didn't know that. The, the other C word, the, the, the very rude word for a woman's private parts is $2. And thankfully, we don't use that on the podcast very often. I don't think we've ever used that one, have we? No, but uh, the, the values I've assigned are based on one of my favorite movies of all time, Hot Fuzz, where they have oh. a swear jar, they have a swear, uh, a swear box in the, um, in the police station. Um. So this is this is I guess a two part in a, a pre lockdown extravaganza where we're tasting through some older wines. Um, I love it when we raid your cellar, and uh, oh crap! I already saw what's on the back label. I swear to Did God, I, I swear to God, I'm not trying to cheat because I do enjoy tasting blind. Do, so do you know what you know what the grape variety is? Yeah, it's a 2009 Pinot Noir that you got there. But you don't know where it's from. No, I don't. All right, well that's that's more exciting. I'm guessing from the font. It looks like Malibor. So I'm going to crack the, the cap, and thankfully I have very large hands, so I can get, <laughs> uh, I can get, uh, I thought, a, a two thousand. so this is the All Ontario series, uh, we did the uh, um, uh, the International oh Series, God. and uh, I thought, okay, so let's break it down, so I'll pull out some old, old Ontario stuff. The uh, nose on uh, this is, is glorious. A lot of them are going to be... Um, uh, based on one of our uh, Patreon uh, uh, patrons, I guess, uh, had had made an inquiry to us by email about a certain t- 
type of wine. And I thought, well, let's, let's taste some old ones of those. But this is not it at the moment. We'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. This one obviously is uh, uh, an old Pinot Noir. Uh, 2009 was one of those vintages that was pro- very Pinot Noir friendly uh, because it was very acidic and very, uh, very early. Uh, and and not a great vintage, but for things like Pinot Noir and that other grape that uh, shut up, Michael. Yeah, uh, it, you're really just like holding out to find out. This is this is just like you can't say that on television. So <laughs> the seven words you can't say. Oh my gosh! Like here's the thing: is I, I've I've tasted the wine, and unfortunately. The mouth taste isn't as good as the nose. Mm-hmm. The nose on this wine is like endless. The earthiness has completely melded in. Uh, There's no doubt. Violet, a little bit of dried rose petal, like really bright, vibrant cherry for a wine that's 11 years old. Oh my gosh. Uh, now, it's I, almost got like a red licorice nose to it. I'd, I'd be willing to, to say, let this open up a little bit. Because the screw cap sometimes dummies the wine down, and it is a screw cap, which um, for a Pinot, and you, did you? Oh yeah, you saw the the year. So yeah. for an 09 to be under screw cap at this point, yeah, that's pretty impressive for Ontario. That's that's forward thinking for Ontario uh, when you think that Flat Rock was probably one of the first to put anything under under screw cap. No, my second taste on this is already it, it, it's it's not as vibrant as the nose. The nose is vibrant. The palate definitely has that age to it. It's a little bit dustier mm-hmm. on the palate. The and the acids are still quite sharp, which it's, was which was a which is a hallmark of 09, right? Hallmark uh, 09s are just loaded with acid, uh, which makes them them age worthy and still food friendly. But oh, I want to curl up with this and have a nap. Does 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 the wine hold up? That's that's the real question. Does the fruit hold up to that acidity? Listen, even if I spent. 40 or 50 bucks on this. I don't think I'd be disappointed right now. And the good news is because it's Ontario, there's a small chance that it, it costs that much. So you had said you thought maybe Malibor. Ah, uh, you've just flipped me the top of the bottle. I know that logo. So it is a fielding 2009 Jackrabbit Flats uh, Pinot Noir. And I would say by the time that this does finally open up, um, Andre and I will be finished podcasting, and and we'll just be sitting on the uh, deck. Why'd you uh, put the lid back on it? Take the lid off. Take the lid off. Oh, Let yeah. it breathe. Oh, don't be a silly man. I'll do it just because you say that. But you know, there's already that that big, huge two glass eulage in there that's going to get just enough. That it all, right, all right, all right. Well, we'll we'll defer to your expertise. But, uh, I guess uh, once again, like we need to have. We, we mentioned a couple podcasts ago that we're going to get Richie on to talk about Cabernet Franc. Um, hopefully by now, my write-up of those fielding wines is on the website, but it's taken me a little bit more time to get it done than I had hoped. But um, Lincoln Lakeshore, uh, yeah. fruit, and uh, 24 bucks is what the value is, uh, is listed on the back there. So... For a twenty-four dollar bottle of Pinot, I guess I I got, I got to verbalize it. I can't just sit here and smile and nod like an idiot. It's a podcast, <laughs> but I'm just like, <laughs> this is one of those wines from Ontario that gives me complete, ultimate, and immense satisfaction. It it uh, for and as you said, for an eleven year old bottle of wine, it uh, it definitely delivers. Uh, so this one is one that yeah, <laughs> the, I almost got the cork out of it. I was so close. 
Uh, you should have let me. I'm, I'm having fun using the uh, the the also to get the last one out. But this one uh, did. This, from what I understand, was never released to the public. So um, I was I was given it by the winemaker uh, at the time. And it's dark and viscous. Is is this an apasamento? Look at that. The, there, it's got. Uh, it, it's like it's it's cloudy as hell. It's definitely unfiltered. Like, look at that. Yeah, I don't know if the VQA would be too happy with this. And um, is it VQA? Uh, as I said, I don't think it was ever released to the public, so uh, I don't know if it. Like it's it looks like it should be chewy. It is chewy. This is the Guinness version of wine. This is just like a, a dark stout beer. It's brown. It's got. Look at all that sediment in there as well. You know, you know what though? It's it's not unpleasant. It's not awful. There isn't a whole lot going on with the nose. Like the acids just look quite sharp on it. And I'm getting like a little bit of like leather, leather and tart raspberry. So what like, I can tell you about the vintage. It's, so here's the thing: is I guess before you tell me about the vintage, uh, like my impression of the wine is it's it's not undrinkable. It's not terrible, but it's uh, it's not really memorable. Like this doesn't stand out. So it'll stand out because it'll leave such a sediment on the, on in the glass. If you look at, at mine versus yours, because I had the top of the bottle, um, it's just and and it's it's just and it's and it's it's so unfiltered. Like you can just see that you can almost see sediment just hanging. Yeah, out I can in there. see your, your your glass is all covered in in deposits. Yeah, yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, like I, I have more questions, like just with why, like why make the wine this way. So this this was, I, I guess, going to be a top wine from from um, from Southbrook, and uh, it's a two thousand and four Syrah. If I'm not mistaken, it was supposed to be Triumphus. Yep. And uh, it just, I I just don't think it ever made its way to the public. Interesting. I don't know what happened. The winemaker at the time slipped me a couple bottles. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I've held on to it for, for a long, obviously, a long period of time here. And uh, I thought... It's, 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 not an, it's not unpleasant, but I'm very surprised at, like, the, the state of the wine and uh, just, like, well, how tri- it's working. Triumphus was, like, gonna... Well... Triumphus was, was the top tier, it was I guess, top, top before tier. Poetica yes. came to be. Yeah, so Triumphus was that top tier wine. Uh, you know, the 2002 Cab Merlot won uh, what, uh, what Larry Patterson, who was a big proponent of Ontario wine, uh, back in his day, before his death, um, he did like the he was the one who did the Judgment of Paris style tastings for Ontario. Okay, and he had uh, he had done it, and and actually the the Southbrook Triumphus Cab Merlot was the one that won that uh, that competition. Yeah, uh, and so um, you know they 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 started doing more Triumphus wines or trying to do more, and they were just those unfiltered, long lived wines. That uh, that's what was, they were supposed to be. I still I still like the, so the Triumph line has become their their mid tier now. Yeah, it's the middle it's yeah. the middle of the tier. But I, I like I, I like what they're doing with it right now. There was a lawn wait was it laundry? They had a Merlot last year. I can't remember the specific vineyard that was just in, insane. And the Chardonnay is always one of my go tos when I'm craving twenty dollars Chardonnay. And so, oh crap! Oh, he said it. Woo! I love it when when it, I love it when a plan comes together and he doesn't even know the plan came together. 
So that's those are the things that that just I guess they just make me happy. So, I, I, you know, I just I never realized uh, how much I say that word. Yes, and then when I get you talking, it's uh, it's like you just. Well, then we're talking about we're talking about South Brook, and I know I know Bill likes to hang his hat on the Bordeaux varieties, but for me, oh, it's no. always about the the C word. The uh, the Chardonnays at South Brook was what actually ah, put, you get to say it. I don't. Which which was what you know, which he ha- which is what he hang his hat on really really early on was their Chardonnay, and and obviously because of their winemaker who was. Here, I know we've um, got a few more bottles on the goal. Let me play with the. The also, and I'll get one of the other ones open while you're doing that. I promise not to look at it. You've already said so. Well, one's we had, a screw cap. I, I have a feeling these okay. ones are going to be okay. I think we had uh, Jim Ray, who's one of our patrons, who uh, he he inquired to us about. Um, you know, there, there's been a little bit of muted chatter about um, about the ice wine harvest or lack thereof for uh, 2020, and. Um, he had heard some people chatter about it being global warming, uh, and you and I discussed whether or not we wanted to do a whole podcast on it. But I, th- I think the fact of the matter is dealing with um, dealing with the ice wine harvest for 2020. There's a lot of factors at play. I didn't, don't think I heard anyone say climate change. You know, it had to do with um, first off the relationship between Canada and China is very testy right now at best. Uh, so that market is not the friendliest place to do business right now. And if there's anyone working at a winery that is dealing with China and and what I'm saying isn't correct, uh, by all means, reach out to us. gmail.com. So there's that factor going in and that was pre COVID. And then obviously the tourism industry drying up would be the other factor to why we're just seeing short harvests for ice wine. Yeah. There's a, there's a back, there's a backlog of ice wine. Let's be honest. Right. So why would you, that one came out finally. It was just that little, little touch. Andre, I don't know if you have ever had uh, any wine from this winery, because if I'm not mistaken, it is as, as dead as a doornail and as defunct as, as, as funk. I don't know if funk is defunct anymore, but... Um, Honey, beeswax, I, lo- I love me some older ice wine. So, that's the funny part of this one. Oh, that's, oof, that's got some fun smells to it. Acids are crazy sharp on it. I don't know. It's lasting some viscosity. It's got a bitter note on the finish. Oh, this is not great. Okay. So, uh, that is some that is some horrible juice. But at the time that it came out, this was like fourteen ninety five, and it was exciting. And it was and the guy had no idea what he had. He could have sold this for double the price. Is this an ice one or a late harvest? Mm. Because it doesn't have the viscosity and it doesn't have the sweetness that I think most ice wines have. So it's a, a Mountain Road Wine Company. I don't think you've ever had a Mountain Road yep. Wine Company. Uh, so I've been doing this for 11 years now. So you, well, that's about and the time that they stopped. And there's a few wines that rolled their way through vintages at the beginning of what I was doing. It was Mountain Road. This is a 2005 Botrytis-affected Riesling. Steve Kosas Hillside Drive Vineyard. It was a 11% alcohol. You can see how old the bottle is. It's almost, I don't know if that's mold or it was just like little funny things on it. Yep. But, um, uh, yeah, that's a fun. So there's the honey and beeswax from the nose. Yep. But the, um, the palate is, is, the acids are very sharp and crisp on that. It's, it's tangerine. Which is weird. It's, it's 05, right? Yeah. 05 is, um, is considered a, a decent vintage in Ontario and pretty ripe. And that's, um, 
That's you know, I'm disappointed and, by that. You know what, Andre? I, I think uh, I'm a lot really of disappointed. We're saying by that. we were nuts for sitting out here in two degrees, but I think it's gotten warmer. So no, I'm 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 actually comfortable out yeah, here. Very lovely. I guess it's it's my Saskatchewan showing. Hey, Andre, your Saskatchewan is showing. Actually, I think my favorite thing was during. So there was during the pandemic, um, Ilya Senchuk of Leaning Post had posted a picture of himself uh, outside, and I just commented on the post that his. Um, his Winnipeg was showing. <laughs> oh, so here you go. I've got two of the same kind of wine, both from the same year. One's under cork, one's under screw cap. Okay. Which one would you like first? Uh, let's do the cork first. Cork goes first. Okay, so I'm going to try the Asso just to see if I can slip it in here. So, yeah, so we were asked about uh, about about sweet wines, and I thought, what the heck, let's, uh, we haven't done a, a sweet wine podcast in a, in a long, 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 long time. And it, it's, still, it's still underrated. I mean, I guess the third part of there not being a lack of ice wine is just, like, let's be real, people don't drink it on the regular. I, I think even for you and I, and, and I love ice wine. Uh, you love your fried chicken, that's why you like it. Well, I mean, it's just, I've, I've found a way to make ice wine... Pleasant, and I, I think it is still one of my frustrations. Though it's been a while since I've heard people in Niagara is, you know, a lot of retail staff at wineries try to downplay the the sweetness, um, which I think is is a problem because there is no way to downplay the fact that a sweet wine is sweet. Well, it was really interesting because once I went to a, a, an Inniskillen uh, wine tasting, and uh, their their wonderful uh, um, Debbie Pratt. If you remember Debbie Pratt. Yeah who said, uh, when you're writing about this, please try to avoid saying that it's sweet. And uh, I was like, how can you stop saying that something is, is sweet? So I, but, said, but I, think, I, I said it was dry impaired. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think it's been a problem with marketing people in, in Niagara for a long time as they've tried to shy away from using the word sweet to describe ice wine, where I think, I think you need to lean into it. Accept the fact that it's sweet, but put an asterisk beside it. It's sweet, but... You know, it has texture, it has layers, and when you put it with the right thing, you put it with that chunk of Parmesan, you put it with the fried chicken, you put it with your fish and chips, you put it with your, you know, Domino's pizza, something super salty, super fatty, you get that beautiful marriage of, uh, you know, texture, acid, salt, sweet, everything just works really well. Oh my God, the color on this is great. So the color is is really gold, uh, just to to describe what's going on here. Um, And, um, yeah, it's... It's almost like peach juice, like complete, total peach juice here. I thought I got most of the cork, but I... Oh, no, I, I, got, a, I got a full mouthful. I always, I always like making sure you get some. So... Yeah, that, is, that is lovely. That is not the best aged... I'm guessing this is an ice wine, not a late harvest, right? Okay, let me get let me go through the, the note here. I'm I'm thinking this is a Riesling ice wine. It's got to be uh, 2003, 2004. Uh, it might be a little bit younger than that. I'm just I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm getting my age statement from the warped plastic capsule that's on it, and you know the stretched out VQA logo from it being <laughs> hand applied by heat. Um. The tasting note, so it's got a little bit of like, you said peach, it's... Uh, well, I said it was peach juice, the color of peach juice, but there is, there is that really, really overly like soaked... candy. Yeah, overly soaked peach, you know what I mean? Soaked in just booze, uh, but... But it's not boozy, like the alcohol's softer on this. But booze and honey, like some yep. sort of 
Um, and there's there's a, a like a, an apple and honey kind of note, but a buckwheat honey, not uh, not a nice floral gentle. Honey. Oh man, we're going we're going super nerdy on Correct. all the types of honey. I yeah. love that. So it's it's pleasant. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I've had better aged ice wine, but you know, if if this showed up in my bed, I wouldn't kick it out. Okay, so. Uh, you'd be very happy then because it's not a nice wine. Actually, it's a it's a late harvest Riesling from Shadow de Charm, two thousand and six. I, I got I was pretty close to the year on it, and it was interesting because you had said it's not a late harvest, and I was like, uh, and I was going to try and correct you there, and I was like, no, no, let me see if I can uh, get them to to go one this way or the very, other. This is a very well made late harvest. I find a lot of late harvest wines, which I do enjoy buying when I'm trying to save a few bucks when I'm picking up a sweet wine. Yeah, uh, I'm leaning into it as we should. Uh, but I find that usually a uh, late harvest has um, a bit of bitterness to it. Well, I, I really like this wine because, um, uh, you know, you don't really think of a late harvest being able to age. You always think of the ice wines being able to age. You don't really think, you know, late harvest is going oh, to totally age as long. Age. But, no. but they age, you know, quite well as as, as well as you ice You end up with what, like 50, 60 grams per liter residual sugar? And it's about half It's about half the, uh, the sweetness that you're going to get out of a um, regular ice wine. So, oh, this has got some life to it. Okay, is this a Cab Franc? So this is. Uh, oh, yeah. What? What did I, you see? I saw. I saw the front label. Oh, did you? I okay. missed. I missed this winery dearly. So it it is the same vintage, um, and it is even darker. This one is almost to the point of rusty. But this is Cab Franc. Well, right, I'll let you continue to think that. I don't know, I'm getting red fruit, but I could be drinking with my eye on it. It's very rusty. Let's start there. I'm getting a lot of peach. Like a, just a touch of, like a lot of canned peach. Yeah, I'm getting peach and, and uh, smucker strawberry jam for some reason. So yeah, just a ton of, of canned peaches. But acid's definitely a lot lower than the Riesling Lake Harvest we just had. Yeah, I would I would give you that. I would say the the, uh, the acidity is not as as good, but it's and but it, and this one's much thicker, much more viscous, um, much more. Uh, this is chewy. Yes, it is. And 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 that honey here is is not the buckwheat kind anymore. This is just your straight on Billy B. You know, right from the jar. Uh, Man, I, I can't wait for to go to MichaelPinkettsWineReview.com to see your uh, tasting notes on different honeys. Oh uh, yeah, that's my next thing, and, and maple syrup is my uh, my one right after. Oh, that. okay. So maple syrup is one that I'm I'm a I'm all about because uh, my well because on because of what Anya does, I've fallen in love with different grades of maple syrup. I need I need the dark maple syrup. I like a dark one. I actually where I found out that I like is I like there's there's like five grades, and I like the three yep. in the middle, the far the far far dark one, and the far far light one. The far, far light one has no flavor to Correct. it whatsoever. It's not maple syrup. I, I like the second darkest dark. This is the dark, dark one. You can get that astringency, the yep. the, the the smoke charred part because it's the last the last batch of the year where it's cooked down. So, or wait, or is it the first? No, it's, I can't remember. So this one happens to be a Cattail Creek, and you said you missed this winery. So it's a Cattail Creek. They are they are really no more. Yes. Um, Two thousand and six select late harvest Vidal. I'm still uh, I'm standing by those red fruit notes that I got in it, and I don't know if it's me drinking with my um, drinking with my eyes because it does have like a a reddish hue to it. So as I said, this bag here is a real mishmash of uh, of stuff that I kind of pulled out of the cellar. 
No, I, I love tasting the the old wines here. I wish I still wasn't trying to lose these last thirty pounds, or I would say, let's call it the Kentucky Fried Chicken to drink with these sweet wines. But that's not going to happen. So this, uh, the, you can see the the um, the plastic cork has plastic cork. Uh, wine crystals on it. But so the wine diamonds does the does the plastic kill the sweet wine the way that uh, it kills, kills a dry wine, wine? Which should be this should be interesting. I had no idea it had plastic, and uh, yeah, it smells like burnt rubber, man. So, it, it smells like plastic work. So, this is, um, but this is an interesting wine, Andre. Uh, I, maybe I should tell you what it is. It's a pasito, which means a dried wine. So, it's a dried sweet wine. It is from Ontario, and from one of the first wineries that ever started playing with dried grapes. Uh, and it is from 2005. I don't like that. And to tell you the truth, it, neither it's, do I. It's boozy, it's it's bitter, you know, the sugar's fighting for attention, and yeah, okay, it's got some nutty notes. Uh, 16-1 alcohol. It's a little bit sherry. Yeah. It's gone It's gone sherry. The plastic cork did it no no good whatsoever, no help. Mm. Yeah, and the plastic cork has given it a burnt rubber taste. So unfortunately, that one's not good. That was the Magnata... Uh, 2005 Pasito hand-picked, air-dried Canadian Vidal. So, no. Um, no. I don't know if they still make it, but hopefully they don't put it in under under plastic anymore, because that... There was, no. there was death on that one. Oh, oh. God, that was... That was horrific. So now, since we uh, since we have yeah, yeah, pretty much poo pooed that, uh, and 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 we were yeah, I just we, had, back we had we had two uh, two real real. Uh, Give me dog, a, t- a little splash that can rinse the the sediment from the. So what we're going to do now is is since Andre has the the clock in front of him, so uh, let's say about half an hour. Yeah, we're at the twenty five minute mark. Later, uh, we are going to just quickly uh, go back and see if the uh, fielding pinot. Has uh, opened up a little bit. I think I always say that a, that a that a uh, a Stelvin or a screw cap uh, wine seems a little more closed than it originally appears. You just have to give it a little bit of time. That's one of the wines that I do believe really needs that that time. No, to me, it tastes about the same as it did a half hour ago. I gotta get that pasito out of my mouth. Woo! That was some nasty. This is glorious. Twenty five bucks for this Pinot. This is glorious. Man, it, it, it's interesting to know how many people still have the, but uh, the Jackrabbit Flats Vineyard 2009. Well, where is the Jackrabbit Jackrabbit Flats Vineyard? Do you have Conrad's book handy? Uh, I don't, not not in my hand. But the Jackrabbit Flats is uh, in the Lincoln Lakeshore area, and that's maybe a question for um, for good old Richie um, when we finally get him on, and that maybe maybe sooner than we we think. I'm gonna go back to this Syrah and, and check it out. It's also been opened for. You, a you bit know of what? Time like now. straight up, that Pinot Noir is frigging glorious. And, and I, I, it's I, definitely I know, Pinot. There's no doubt about it. I know I'm on a Pinot a Pinot kick lately, but for twenty five dollars, uh, you know that goes toe to toe with um, with entry level from Burgundy. Uh, to be perfectly honest, we're talking twenty five dollars. That'll get you a Louis Latour. Uh, I, I'm I'm still sipping on this. I know you want to pour this Syrah for me, but there's still more Pinot. Uh, so, and. Um, I would rather drink that fielding over a Louis Latour uh, or a Jadot entry-level Pinot any day of the week. I'm, I'm starting to see why this 
this wine may not have been released. It probably uh, this is the the. We're South, talking about the South Park now. Um, who know who knew whether this was going to actually become and you know two thousand four not a great vintage to begin with. Um, it's not unpleasant. It's not. But it, it, it's not unpleasant. But it doesn't really taste like Syrah, though. But the guy who used to make the the great Syrahs, just or, say his name. Who is it? Derek Barnett yeah, was no longer at the winery. And granted, he never made Syrah when he was at at Southbrook. He started making them really at Laley, and now yep. he makes them for his own company at uh, at Melville. Um, I, I don't. I, I think this was. Uh, I'm liking this uh, this movable microphone, Andre. This is. <laughs> uh, I just. I just spit in the spittoon a little too hard. I'm Andre just spat in his own eye. Uh, uh, that's why you don't do uh, two down. You don't do twelve bottles in the middle of the afternoon. Um, so, I, I I guess this is their first experience with Syrah, and I don't think it's well. Now put it this way: at sixteen years, I don't think it's um, uh, I don't think it's a good experiment to have laid that one down and. I don't even know what they were going to charge for that wine. As I said, I don't even think it came out. Um, I think he had forty-five dollars or forty-nine dollars on the back of the on the back of the label. It says fifty dollars, which is what probably I think what Triumphus was going to go for at at the time. So, man, I've I've missed your backyard. Your backyard's definitely uh, one of my favorite places. It's uh, it's a quiet oasis in the middle of St. Catharines. That's I, for I sure. know we we sort of did the COVID intro to the last podcast, but it's just like, man, I've got the itch to travel. Uh, it's I miss my family. I yeah, I would think that's number one for you. But the, well, the head off to Europe, head off to and that's it anywhere. I, so I've got uh, I got my plane ticket to France. That I've, I've left the money with Air Canada because money burns a hole in my pocket. Yeah, so for I've, wine anyway. I got my fingers crossed that uh, Air Canada doesn't go belly up while they still have my money. But I'm hoping to book that trip as soon as we're able to. I would I would think that you could probably head to France for this harvest. That's my thought. Oh you, my God. Isn't that wishful thinking, man? But look, I think you probably could. I do believe that you may, you know, have to do a test on your way back, but you know, uh, I, I, I think it's not like it's going to be, you know, completely lost. I have really good faith this summer is, is going to a lot of things are going to be lifted. And as long as any of those anti-vaxxers stay on the sidelines, we can get everybody vaccinated and, and moving forward. I don't know if we're all going to be excited about going to a packed Matchbox 20 concert anytime soon. But I think, you know, getting on a plane, uh, putting a mask on, and just falling asleep or reading a book through that, that flight, uh, you know, you'll, be, you'll be a little more leery about what you're doing, what you're touching. You'll have a bottle of hand sanitizer in your hand all the time. You'll be washing your hands more. You won't be putting your hand down your you know, pants I, like I you think, used to. I think a lot of people need, needed to hear you say that. I know what you're saying is 100% not based in, in fact. This is wishful thinking. You're sending good vibes out there. And I think, I think we need optimistic people. Uh, so... Uh, I thank you. I hope other people listening. I'm I'm that. optimistic about Italy in, in the fall. That's what I'm optimistic about. All right. Well, on that note, you want to support us? Check out the Patreon. 
no one's taken us up on it, but Michael and I would plan a really fun tasting for you where we guarantee the wines will be better than what we've just tasted. I guarantee that uh, but sure. we, would, we would love to do a virtual tasting for you and your friends. The lockdown isn't over yet. We're going to do it virtually. We'll make sure that we've got everything nice and curated and ready for you. You can take us up on that. And if you don't love us that much and you just want to make sure that Michael and I keep the swear jar going and are helping Brian Schmidt out with his efforts in Haiti. You can contribute a couple bucks or five bucks. We appreciate it. Patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. Uh, I'm sure I've got some interesting stuff going on at AndreWineReview.ca, but I'm not working on anything specific right now. I um, I'm sorry. It's just not happening right now. I've got, uh, I know I've got an Erasmus thing coming up. I know that, uh, you know what I'd like to do, Andre? What's that, It's going to be a little wish list. I, I know we've been doing Cab Franc, but I really would like to hit on some Gamay. And I know some guy, I'm not sure what his name is right now, oh, but he's got time. a number of Gamays that he just released, and I really would like to taste those. You know, I really like Violettes in the, uh, in the spring when the, when the rain comes down. <laughs> and we get those, uh, those May flowers, right? I'm Michael Pingus at MichaelPingusWineReview.com. Join me on social media at The Grape Guy and uh, Michael Pincus and Michael Pincus Wine Review. I seem to... Have you, you have the best screen caps for any video series I follow. And it's, it, it is one of the small joys in my life is captioning them when you post them. I, I actually liked that one that you, you made a, a, a nice little collage uh, one day. I guess you were bored. Yeah. Your old job, yeah, and now I'm looking forward to my new, uh, my new. Um, I got to make a new, malo- uh, new uh, montage. My new collage, yeah, new so, collage. Uh, now these days, I actually have a wine glass in my hand too, which <laughs> is uh, something new on the uh, on the on the on the video series. I'm actually tasting the wine on camera. Still, I still got to find a way. I I, 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 we need to get you a proper microphone, though. You know what? A lot of people like that I yell at the screen. I know you don't, but a lot of people like it. You'd be surprised. I'm used to you yelling, but it's just, anyways. All right. We're having a conversation we should be having off the microphone. Let's, let's put this thing to bed. Good night. Oh, Andre. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This episode of Two Guys Talking Wine was produced by Jim Ray. And Adam Duran.